Hey. Hi. It's Tash and Carly. And you're listening to Motherhood. Not as we planned. So get comfy, grab a cup of tea or a glass of wine and let's start talking about all the things too many of us avoid discussing. Hi guys and welcome to another episode. This week I feel like we're going to maybe get a bit deeper, talk about those inner feelings and yeah, um... But before we do that, I thought I'd quickly update you on my organisation plans of my divorce party because it's something to celebrate. Like, I survived. I'm divorced and I want to fucking have a party. So I'm going to have one. Um, So I've had a lot of people being like, "What, what is a divorce party? What are you doing for it? And I'm like, to be honest... I don't know what a divorce party is. I've never been to one. Okay. Um, but I feel like it's quite an American thing. Yeah, probably. Like a bit like a bachelorette party. Yeah. Um, so I'm doing the whole theme in black. Don't ask me why, but I just felt like it was appropriate. So I've got like black balloons, a black cake. Everyone's wearing black. I've got my black veil, which really I should have worn when I announced that I was divorced because that's what I was going to do. But I was also mourning the fact that I broke up with my boyfriend. So it would super... have been appropriate. Yeah, it would have been appropriate, but I felt like it was a bit dramatic. So I'll wear that for my party instead because um, I'm just not really a dramatic person. I was going to say, it's <laughs> a bit dramatic. Really? Um, and then I've got the like inflatable nightclub thing, which you had for your party. Um, and I've made the best playlist, which I think I'm going to have to share with you guys because it is like your, your typical like divorce playlist, independent woman, I'm a survivor. A, B, C, D, E, F, you and your mom and your sister and your... I don't know the world as well. Fuck, fuck you. Um, yeah, so like just a proper good... Love that. Um, like making cocktails. I've got like pizza car so yeah i'm excited i just need to let my hair down have a few drinks dance with my girls it's girls only no boys allowed um yeah so i'm excited thing is i don't know when this is coming out so it may actually have already happened but um yeah i just need to find an outfit i need to find childcare so i can actually um how's your week yeah theo came out of school crying his eyes out took the doctor's double ear infection temperature so yeah he's he was off school yesterday which is great when you work for yourself yeah no one else steps up to um help with those sick there and that I, that is one of the really hard things about single parenting actually it's like every single day that one of my children has been ill which is a lot i feel like there's always stuff going around i think it's like the time of year it's because i have the kids majority of the time. majority of the time it's always on me yeah and i find so every time I'm the one having to adapt work plans, it's just, I just find it really um, frustrating. Yeah, it so is. It's on me. And and, I, and another thing I find frustrating is because of my line of work is flexible, I almost feel like it's like looked at as less important. Um, so like it obviously... It, should be me who changes my plans and and I'm finding it really infuriating because I mean even more so now as a single parent having one income to support us it's more important than ever that I am stricter with those times and you know they they are non-negotiables to me so I don't know I think the lack of respect around what I do like oh like she come up whenever like I can't like I have set days and I have those set days because 
there's certain days that Milo's in childcare and those days are so like they are so purposeful like I'm very much like everything is kind of set out so I'm finding that really frustrating to be honest yeah I don't feel like why should it always be on me why should it be me who has to then work all the way through the evening to make sure everything's done Um, yeah I get that a lot I feel like it's like oh I can't help because I have work it's like hi how how do you think I pay the bills he's like there's no one else I can ask because when they're ill, I can't send them to my parents. My dad's got a terminal illness. So yeah. I'm like extra paranoid about sending them anywhere near my parents. So I'm solely on my own dealing with it. And I'm like, my in-laws are two hours away. So I, I don't have anyone else to ask. Yeah. I'm finding it. I'm finding myself getting quite cross about it. Because yeah. It's like, it's very valid. Especially when I feel like in winter, like you literally feel like it's every week or every other week your kid has something and like, and no, like there's the rules of like nurseries and schools, like if they're sick or if they're, they've got diarrhea, it's 48 hours and like that's the worst. Like when they get sent home with that, you're like, 48 hours? <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah, it's just, I feel, I just feel like over the last few months, there's been a series of days and it's, uh, and every time I'm like, why is it always in the week? Yeah. Very annoying. Yeah, it is. We wanted to sort of like delve in a bit deeper about, a lot of questions that we get asked are kind of surrounded by I don't I don't know how to move on I don't know how to accept this I don't know how to start healing yeah or open myself up to other opportunities so we thought we'd maybe like talk a bit more about that process and hopefully people listening to it can take something from it and realize not maybe where they're going wrong because I don't think there is a wrong or right. Every we don't know what we're doing. Like we are winging it. I literally don't know what I'm doing right now. So, so I feel like I feel like it's just maybe like sharing our experiences. I feel like I don't want anyone to think that um, because of what I'm going through right now. I don't want people to think that what I'm saying is then not 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 correct, but. I feel like my two situations are very different. The struggles that I'm having right now with going through a breakup with my boyfriend are very, very different to what I needed to do and what I needed to accept with going through the separation of my ex-husband because they are two very different people and the circumstances are very different. And I feel like a lot of the questions that we get are very much more related to the ex-husband situation but I do think eventually I do want to talk about more like generic breakups you know even without children involved or anything because breakups in general are fucking difficult they are hard like whether you're capable of or able to do the no contact or you've got to parent with this person like they are different situations but it is relatable to a lot of people not all parents are listening to this podcast it is just some people generally going through a breakup me sharing my journey now, I've definitely come across other people that are just going through those, like just breakups, no kids involved. Um, But I think the bottom line is that we need to really emphasize on is when a relationship ends, and if that is the end, you need to know and remind yourself that you will be okay. I think everyone has that mindset of, oh, oh my God, I don't, yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how to live without them. I'm going to miss them so much. How could he do this to me? Like, all those things are going around in your head. But 
even if I'm not there yet in regards to moving on from my ex-boyfriend, I know that if we are not meant to be together, I will be okay. So for anyone that is listening to this that literally feels that they are at that rock bottom, they cannot get out of bed, they literally feel like there is no hope, there's no point going on, I'm literally just surviving for my child, I promise you, you are going to be okay. Like, I remember, like, what you were saying to me when you ended things with your ex, like, you were literally... Oh, yeah. Low. Yeah, I... But I, I remember being so low when I remember literally crying weeks. Yeah. Weeks. I'm, I was so incapable of doing anything. I went and lived with my mum and dad. Like, did you? Yeah. I, said, I just took them for a I week. Didn't know I that. couldn't. But that's good. That's, that, that's yeah, really yeah. like. I didn't want to be on my own. Yeah. I like myself with my thoughts. I've also never lived alone. Yeah. I've never lived on my own. And that scared me. And. I don't know, I think, like, as information was coming to light and I was just trying to process every, everything, I needed the support. I, need, I needed looking after. I needed to be mothered. I needed someone to look after me. Like, that was my entire world broken. And I remember just... I've, I've never been like that. I'm, I've always been a very um, optimistic person. Like, even when bad stuff happens, I... Not necessarily push it to the side, but I feel like I've always been able to be quite a strong person in in terms of like accepting things and finding like a way of dealing with them. Or like, oh, there must be a reason for yeah, that. Or, or... Yeah, like I can be quite logical with some things. Mm-hmm. Even though I'm a big empath, like I can be quite logical with things. But I think because everything ending knocked me like I say I didn't see it coming hindsight's a wonderful thing I think I did see it coming but I didn't know it was coming Mm -hmm. I think I had signs I think I had signs but I didn't want to acknowledge the signs I didn't I didn't believe it because I don't think you believe things like that are going to happen to you so I think when everything did happen I was so challenged by trying to care for my children whilst processing and learning about circumstances Mm. that I, again, that's part of the reason I went to my mum's because I was like, how are you meant to do this? Yeah. You know, you do, you, you find a way, but wow. Yeah. I think that once you may be not necessarily like come out of that like really like lower point but something that we all I think need to make sure that we accept like the first thing of accepting is that when a relationship comes to an end you need to take responsibility in looking for like what you learn from that relationship I'm not for a second saying that if you were with someone that was like a complete narcissist and they cheated on you and they treated you like shit that you are to blame for their behavior. But I think that in order to like start the healing process and really work on yourself and your self-worth and and taking from the relationship what you can to better yourself, there are always two people in a relationship and you need to self-reflect on the things that maybe 
you did that you can make sure you don't allow history to repeat itself. So I'm not saying like, because you didn't have sex with your husband, he went and cheated on you. That is not what I'm saying at all. But what I'm almost saying is like, if you don't heal and do the work on yourself and then go into another relationship, you will probably find that you attract the same type of person and history will repeat itself. You know how you sometimes like speak to someone and they're like, I've always been cheated on. Like whoever I'm with, they've always cheated on me. Sorry if this sounds a bit harsh or tough love, but eventually you need to realize that you're the common denominator in my personal opinion. You are going and choosing those wrong guys because you haven't quite worked out what you have learned from the late relationship before. I also think as well like attracting those kind of people is a um like reflection of your self-worth like because there's something you're not yeah yeah expecting it's, yourself enough absolutely it may be that you you know have some sort of trauma where you feel attracted to those sort of like bad boy like makes you feel like do you know like the love bombing like you find that really like attractive and appealing like sometimes i just think that if you are seeing patterns of of certain relationships that you need to pause and do some self-reflecting. I agree. I do agree with that to some extent. Yeah. And I definitely think like certain patterns, like, you know, you find certain people like, they're like, yeah, but I like a bad boy. It's like, but they're going to bring the same thing that the last bad boy brought to you. Yeah. But I do also think like, I'm not sat here like saying, oh, I'm looking back at my relationship thinking I was perfect. I'm not saying that. But I do also feel like I don't, I don't want people to just look back and, and start to like think, like, I don't know, almost like stress themselves out. Like if I'd done this differently, it might work. Yeah, no, that is not. I, I, I know I can walk away from my relationship knowing I tried really hard to vocalize, communicate my concerns and the things I knew were important to me and the things I actively wanted to hold my hands up and say, these, this is a problem. I'm not saying you are just a problem, but I think as in our relationship, this is a problem. This mm-hmm. isn't working. Here's mm-hmm. what I think we need to do. And I think when when my relationship ended, ironically, we we had had those conversations and I was under the illusion we were trying to work on those things. And I, I think you have to get to a point where you accept that a relationship will only work if both of you are on board. 100%. Um, so don't like look back the whole time and be like, like it's my fault. Like I should have done this. Like I should have. What what I'm trying to say is I'm not saying um, to look back and reflect to see that you were to blame. It's more look back to reflect what to see you what you can learn, what lessons you have learned from that, and make sure you really implement them moving forward. Yeah. So for example, I know that my relationship with my ex husband was very much caused by him. But maybe had I had more self-worth and more love for myself, it wouldn't have dragged on so long because I would have known that actually how you're doing things or how you're treating me isn't correct. So my my lesson from that relationship is I'm going to love myself more than I love someone else to make sure that I will not allow history to repeat itself. That's what I mean. I don't want anyone listening and thinking, oh no, so because I was really needy, he did, no, 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 you weren't needy, you 
have every right to want to a partner. Yeah. Yeah. You weren't having your needs met. So it's maybe learning to express that in a way that doesn't make your partner feel attacked or, I don't know. I just think that at the end of the day, there are two people in a relationship for for, like the breakup could be very much 90% that other person, but you were still in that relationship. That's one thing I found in my healing journey is I, I can't even remember time spans now. I think in my head, I like initially was like almost like glorifying my relationship as like my husband, like we've broken up but we, and we were so happy and like I'd almost like convinced myself and painted this picture. But, but I said that last week, the minute you break up, yeah. all the bad yeah, things yeah, yeah. to the bottom and you forget about it. I think, so I, I, but I think you have to go through that. And I remember at the start being like, how could he do this? We've got this perfect family and we've not long been in our perfect time and we've got this perfect life where we go on holidays and this and that. And actually it was taking a step back. It was actually admitting to myself that I haven't been happy for a very long time. And I yeah. I knew that deep down. Saying that out loud was terrifying. I I am very guilty of being that Insta family, that Insta couple. And even like what I've discovered is even putting on a bit of a facade around my family because I wanted everyone to look in at our relationship and think we were perfect. And me, we were not perfect. Like, it's again, it's all that learning. It's things we've learned like over these few months of doing this podcast. But like now I'm aware of my love language, which by the way, is physical touch and words of affirmation. And now I know that and I know I was never receiving love in either of those ways. I'm understanding things a lot better now. And it is like what you said. Like, I feel like I can now look back at my relationship. And yes, it ended in an awful way. I'm not just looking at that part of it anymore. I'm looking back at it and thinking, you were deeply unhappy for a long time. Your needs weren't met. And I would never, ever compromise or not vocalize my needs out of fear or out of I don't know I almost had this thing like you're married like take the good with the bad that's exactly what I was like exactly Just, what I like, was this like, is it. This, like is it. this is as good as it gets the, but I don't know so no one no one who's married's like happy all the time like this is I don't know like with marriage I, I feel like marriages do go through really good spells and really bad spells and in my head I thought maybe it's just a bad patch and like maybe in a few months time or a year's time things will get better but I do also remember this feeling like things weren't getting better and feeling really detached feeling really detached from my relationship Mm -hmm. in all honesty feeling like I was parenting alone a lot of the time like I said to you, like I was going on days out with just my kids. Mm-hmm. Things like, he didn't want to come to things like I organised this family photo shoot for Milo's first birthday. But it's hindsight. I look back mm-hmm. now and he couldn't get the day off work. And I'm like, what? But now I look back and I'm like, brilliant. I've got these lovely photos of me and just my boys. But I don't know. I think it is really important to step back. And I think sometimes we paint this picture that, we, like what Tash said, that like you focus on all the positive stuff. 
but really it's it's almost like being honest with yourself before you even say it out loud to other people like I remember the first time I said to my friends like I'm I'm worried and I'm not happy this was literally this was this was like right before it's about a month night it's like two or three weeks before my marriage ended really the first time and they were like is everything okay I was like no like things aren't okay like I'm I don't feel like I'm happy at the moment Mm -hmm. I think it can feel really scary to say things out loud because you're almost like admitting them for me I kept everything to myself because I knew it's really sad because I knew people tell you that if I told people people would be like what the fuck are you doing still there and I think that that very much comes down to the self-worth that I had I felt like I would be better off with him accepting the bad behaviour than on my own. And and that's the sad reality yeah. of how little worth I had for myself. Yeah, it's just it's just not a way to be. And I think we've we have touched on it a few times, is sometimes it's the relationships that are not horrendous, but are just like but that's it. You know, not great that is more dangerous because let's be honest not too many people and it doesn't make you like a bad person I don't think many people would go out of their way to end a marriage when you've got children when things are just not great I wouldn't I wouldn't I didn't no because you don't know if the grass is always greener. I'd rather be with someone in an okay marriage. I think when you've got kids, you think this is a hard phase of life. Like it is just a phase. And and sometimes that is the case. Okay. That's something else that like I want to like highlight. Um, sometimes it is like having kids is a real strain on a relationship. Um, I think it's when you get to the point where you're working against each other work, rather than working together. Well, like I've said, I think it's once... 80% of the time you're not happy. That's where you really need to like reflect on it. We get a lot of people asking kind of like how it's so difficult to co-parent with someone that you're trying to heal from and how can you just constantly, like how are you ever meant to move on from someone that you've always got to see and speak to? So I, I, I just wanted to really touch on boundaries i know that we have spoken about it but really really understanding what a boundary actually means when you put a boundary in place you need to understand that that boundary isn't put in place to stop someone doing something that they want to do that boundary is put in place for you to not allow anything that you don't want welcoming like into your energy and your space so that boundary is being set for yourself what you need to, you know, it's it's like when we get people messaging us in and they're like, we had this conversation, like my ex is having a go at me because he's threatening that if I do this and if I do that, that he'll do that. Setting yourself a boundary where you really keep communication as like a business agreement and it's only about the children and you do not have to converse yeah. with an ex-partner on anything that you don't want to I feel like even just setting boundaries in a relationship that you're still in with someone like if you're with someone and you set boundaries if they don't respect your boundaries that's a red flag um 
And I think it's also kind of like setting realistic expectations. I know in the past that you said something and you'd be like, I'm really angry because this has happened in my co-parenting relationship. And my response is always, where are your expectations? Why are you expecting anything less than, like more than that? Do you know what I mean? So I feel like really like writing down your boundaries. And this isn't just with like co-parenting with an ex. This is for a future relationship. I also think though with things like boundaries, particularly with co-parenting, definitely set them but I, from experience it's always it's not always as straightforward as like being able to hold your boundaries no I know and then it takes practice like it's something I'm getting a lot better at mm-hmm. it's I've not perfect yet I'm still triggered and so. certain things yeah exactly certain things I kind of forget it all and just respond in the moment and hindsight is a wonderful thing but I've got a lot better at I don't know if I like previously like he'd message me something and I'd like literally like message straight back. Whereas now like he was like messaging me something when I was away for a weekend away with with my boyfriend. And I was like, I don't need to respond to you. Yeah. And he was getting annoyed and like messaging back. I'm like, I'm holding my boundary. I'm away for my weekend. It's not about my kids. Like it's not So there's nothing to converse about. about Anything we need to converse about right now. Yeah. And so I just didn't. And it felt really good to know I could hold that. I'm not gonna lie; like it still gets, it still affected my energy a little bit, just because I felt a bit annoyed that I felt like he was doing it because he knew I was away. Mm-hmm. Um, but but the thing is, I think yes, again, it's you know you can have these boundaries set, but be kind to yourself and realize like you are human. Yeah, like you are gonna slip up, yeah. and like that's okay. It's just then realizing it self-reflecting on it and making sure do you know what next time i'm going to try a bit more to make sure i don't do that next time it's just like learning lessons in your relationship learn lessons in your co-parenting relationship i shouldn't have really done that fuck it whatever i did but i know next time that didn't benefit me if anything that made me more angry it's not it's not gained me anything other than a irrelevant argument so next time when they're inappropriate, I draw the line. So like, here's an example. I feel like we got an email ages ago and I don't know if it actually made it onto the podcast or not, but one that I read and I, I just remember it. And they had separated and he didn't want to be with her anymore. But then he kept messaging her and like almost like breadcrumbing her and being like, I'll never love anyone else like you. Like I like just sort of keeping her there. Now, although he is doing the wrong, eventually you need to take responsibility and take that into your own hands and realize that you are accepting that conversation to happen. Whereas if you block someone or ignore them and they realize they're only talking to themselves, eventually that sort of communication is going to stop. So I know it is so easy to say it and very, very difficult to sometimes do it because they're the sort of things that you want to hear from someone, but sometimes you need to look at the bigger picture and realise that if those things were true, then we'd be together. Also, like one thing that's really, really helped me in those situations where, for example, you get a message and you want to react, take that step back, get that space. It's like what Shelley said. Yeah. that space first because I often regret acting in the moment 
because I also think sometimes you're feeding into exactly what they want. Like, it's like your cortisol level, like shoot yeah. up. But, and I can feel it in my chest. Yeah. It is like, it is something that takes practice. Like it is practicing, taking a deep breath, stepping back, being like, I'm not going to respond right now because I'm in my like final. Well, do you know what? You're not giving a response. You're giving a reaction. Yeah. So if you actually take a step back and then you're thinking about your response rather than reacting and there's a big difference. Yeah, I agree. And then that conversation will differ and the calmer one will but help also, you. But also, again, sometimes it's taking that step back, creating that space that allows me to realise I don't need to respond at all. Yeah. And this doesn't require a response. It's not actually anything to do with my kids. And that's that. Yeah. Um, so it's that's definitely something I really recommend doing is if, if you are in, I don't know, co-parent relationship any kind of uh, anything really just if, if something comes along to you and it annoys you or makes you feel a certain way take that step back first get that space before you react um i don't think you'll regret that no th- yeah that i mean there's nothing really too but even like in a relationship like even in conflicts in a relationship yeah. like if someone's done something to piss you off rather than reacting in that moment, it's not going to get resolved in a good way. Take step back. What I try and do is actually write down how I'm feeling in my notes section on my phone. And then, I don't know, process it again. Like, do I actually need to respond to this? Nothing to do with my kids, so. Yeah, I mean, that's probably quite a good thing to do if you're having like a WhatsApp conversation with the person you're co-parenting with rather than replying to them reply yeah but then don't send that one and often like I don't send them but it's that's how I've it's it's letting it out yeah do you know what sometimes I'll call someone and be like just yeah and get it out it is that outlet and that's okay yeah I think also like I saw something on TikTok and it it um I just really liked it so I wanted to share and this guy said that if you walk into a room that smells of shit if you stay in that room for long enough it will no longer smell like shit so the longer you stay in a toxic environment like you're allowing yourself to kind of like stay in it for longer you're to it and just accept it yeah and I know it's so easy on like in like hindsight to be like no, this isn't right for me. But I think that's why you need to do a lot of self-reflecting when you're no longer in the relationship. Take that ownership of realising your self-worth and knowing what you deserve and not allowing history to repeat itself. That is where you're setting those boundaries as well, going into new relationships. You can't really set those boundaries if you haven't done the work and reflected enough on what you've learned from it and what you're going to take from it. Do you know what I think one of the hardest things is coming from a toxic relationship or relationship with lots of red flags or lots of moments where you had an instinct. It's then going into a new relationship and knowing the difference between an instinct or just trauma. Trauma. Yeah. And I think that's really hard to differentiate because naturally you think 
I don't know. I think you overthink things that aren't actually instincts at all. It's just you carrying past trauma. Mm-hmm. And it's like I posted a reel last night and it was like no one talks about how hard it is going from like a red flag mentality with your green flag person. Like that's one challenge I found really, really hard is because I've had this really negative experience, a lot of trauma, you know, a lot of trust issues. I've often got myself into a state where things have felt too good to be true. Must be a red red flag. Like, it's really hard to step away from that and see, actually, there are some really good people left in the world. And I don't I find that really hard. Like, Mm. I found that hard to differentiate between instinct and, like, me just being like, let's destroy everything good in your life like yeah like that self-sabotage mode and that's what i mean by like taking those like lessons and really reflecting on them and doing the therapy and working yeah Yeah. because really don't get me wrong it gets to a point where like you do need to have that new partner that is reassuring and wants to help you but really that's the work that you need to work on rather than them trying to help you i've got to is that i feel like i'm in a really good place i feel like i've healed really well i feel like i have a partner who all he wants is to make me feel safe and secure and he constantly asks I don't know if I'm doubting anything. What can I do to make you feel safe? And I love that. And, you know, he constantly makes me feel beautiful and worthy and smart and, like, tells me how proud he is. But one thing I really wanted to be able to do was I wanted to feel all those things about myself. Yeah. I didn't want to only get those feelings from him of feeling amazing, feeling someone being proud of me, feeling beautiful, feeling smart. I want to have those feelings about myself, which is why I've kind of taken the responsibility now to go to therapy to help to help allow me to have some more self-love because at the same time, I feel like that will also allow me to be a better version of myself in a relationship and to leave the trauma where it is and not bring it in. Like, mm-hmm. I'm very grateful. Like, I think in my relationship, we've both had trauma from existing relationships that actually yes to some degree we've tried to bring them in i think where we've had that mutual understanding we've respected each other a lot and i really think we've helped each other heal in ways we would never have healed like on our own so i'm so you know that that's a thing you know that's a thing like people make the mistake and i know we've spoken about it before but people make the mistake of feeling like they have to be 100 percent healed before they go into a relationship you can only do so much healing on your own and that there is some healing that you will not do until you find a person to do it with don't get too comfortable being on your own in my personal opinion because you can get to that point there are certain traumas and triggers that you will only be able to heal with the right person i and we we've both said it we both believe we were meant to find each other because i think we've helped each other yeah ways like we would never have done on our own yeah so i do like i do massively believe that and i do believe when you find the right person to do that that's when the magic happens honestly like and it is it i can't explain it but it's having that mutual understanding and respect for each other that i've been open in ways like that I've barely spoken to anyone else about. Mm-hmm. But I think it's because we have that complete understanding uh, and and we make each other feel safe with that. Like, obviously, like, talking about 
ex-partners and stuff can be tri- quite triggering for some people. But I think we've really created like a safe space for us to be able to talk and have difficult conversations, I guess, relatively mm-hmm. early on. But I think that's what's made us so like so strong mm-hmm. and how, hold so much respect for each other because we understand each other's traumas. And I think where we've both gone through stuff, we're very gentle and like understanding and almost accepting like people heal in different ways. So like, I feel like there's some healing I need to do in my own way and he needs to do in his own way. And But I think it's also having that, like when you're in a relationship, it doesn't mean that everything has to be done together. Mm. Like you are two individuals. You you come from two different paths. And I think that it's very important to continue doing your own healing journeys and together as well. But there are some things that you should do on your own. And I think it's a work in progress when you're in a healthy relationship is constantly having that willingness to work on yourself and as an individual and as a couple. I also think it's really important to like, I don't know, like I think we speak about communication a lot, but when you're in that safe relationship to ask like, is there anything else I can do to make you feel yeah safe or is there anything like you worry about? And like, I don't know, I feel like we're very... um I have a lot more open conversations that I, I'll be honest, like in my relationship, I didn't even think to initiate. That was a it, bit, would, yeah. it wouldn't have happened in, in, in my previous relationship. But I think we're both, I think where we're both constantly so aware of what made relationships not work, we're both very conscious of what it takes to make a relationship work and making sure like, Again, we've come from a relationship where our needs weren't there. Yeah. I think that's, it's so lovely to, and refreshing to know, like, you can have difficult conversations. You can be honest. Like, I don't know. I mean, what I'm learning is it's, it's okay to vocalize it, but it's, it's how you say things. And mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's being non-accusatory. It's being, it's making suggestions, you know, this would make me feel a lot safer. Or this is how I feel, not you made me feel that yeah, way. Yeah, 100%. It's not, it's nothing to do with you. I feel like this because it's, I, I've honestly found it really, really refreshing. Um, so yeah, just for anyone listening who has gone through like trauma or been in a relationship where you couldn't vocalize things please know that's not what all relationships have to look like I think I don't know I do think sometimes in life our paths cross with certain people to help us heal and to help us on a journey and sometimes we have an instinct to like fight or run yeah like bye yeah um but to just be open-minded no and I really do strongly believe that every relationship is a lesson and you know I'm currently like going through that like self-reflecting of like what what lessons have I now had with my relationship that has just ended like what can I change what am I taking from it what what have I learned and sometimes it is quite difficult to self-reflect on certain things it's much easier to put the blame on other people but we are responsible for certain things um I'm not again saying that you're responsible for someone doing something that's really bad to you but it's just really trying to ha- make sure that that lesson is learned yeah i agree do you know what i mean yeah 100 
Okay. I listened to your podcast. It's helped me massively. I'm in an awful, emotional, abusive relationship with my partner. He gaslights me, speaks and treats me like absolute crap and has worn me down so much this last year, but will sometimes be nice, cuddle, kiss, tell me he loves me. We have a three-year-old daughter together, own a house together and have built a life the last six years. I've recently been in touch with a counsellor who's helping try to build me up and I plan to do my planned leave in the next month as we are taking the kids on holiday next month. I've recently had a gut feeling he'd been messaging someone else. I know him that well to know when something isn't right. Sugar. I followed my gut. I linked his WhatsApp account to my web browser. Who knew that you could fucking do that? Oh, I only knew I didn't think about someone else's, but I've only known that when like, but when have I done that? Like when my screen has been broken or something years ago. You can link your WhatsApp account to a web browser. Wait, but how would she do here? She must have been able to get on his phone. Without him knowing to discover he's been sending flirtatious, inappropriate messages. So, sorry, okay. I just got a shock there because I didn't read the rest of the sentence because it says, to my daughter's best friend's mum. I didn't read the mum bit and I was like, what oh. the fuck? That's, I mean, it's still pretty bad. Yeah. Who's also married. Oh. God. They both sit and slag me off in the messages and it is, has absolutely broken me to sit and watch it. I bet her, daughter's her daughter's best friend's mum and her husband. Yeah. I haven't confronted either of them oh, yet. Lord. I'm working out the best way to do it and speak to her husband. Do you know what? Clever. She's not re- She's not reacting. She's just taking a step back. Yeah. And then I'm going to humiliate the two of them for doing this to me. Good for you. I do the fucking same. I have all the messages screenshotted so there's no way out. I'm so disgusted two people can do this to their families, their children, and who have been best friends for six years. Oh my God, those poor children who are best friends and their parents are having an affair. That's horrible, isn't it? He works away, so I won't see him for over a week, but I can't keep this to myself for that length of time. It's killing me reading all that awful messages together, so I need to confront him by FaceTime. I wouldn't. I would wait. I would wait and do it FaceTime. I feel like this is something from a TV show. It's so surreal. It's happening. I think as well, don't do it on FaceTime because he could literally press cancel. Yeah. yeah and then like build up a down. story. Sit him down and make him accountable. I'm sorry this has been such a big message. Um... Your podcast has been so relatable to me. I love some of the advice that you've given me. Thank you for reading it. Please keep it anonymous. Look, I she sent this a while ago and this isn't going to be out for a while. So I guess we don't know what's going to happen. Please keep us updated. Sometimes I feel like so invested in these stories and like I really want to know. I want some follow-ups. Like my heart goes out to you. Like it that that is horrible. I'm fucking smart with the whole WhatsApp thing. Yeah, like who knew? Both, but I will. I obviously it might have already probably has happened. That's I thing, know. Isn't it? I personally wouldn't do anything other than face to face to hold them accountable. Like they can cancel a call. Like sit them down, make them accountable, make them sweat, make them you know. Like otherwise, I also feel like when he's away. He could like cancel the call. He could go away. He can think and like make up a lie and this and that and the other. I just, oh, like, and also having to talk to her. I just can't. It's making me feel ill. Hi, ladies. Just wanted to know if either of you have experienced this yet. 
Me and my partner broke up five months ago and I have since found out that he has got a girlfriend. I didn't expect it, but it's making me feel really, really strange. I don't really know how to cope and I feel a little jealous even though I don't want him back. I'd love to know if you have any advice. Love your podcast. Um, I don't want to be oversharing too much because it's not my place, but I pretty much am sort of in that situation now. And I think although I'm divorced, there were always certain things that I knew hadn't happened yet. Like there are still firsts of like stuff. And obviously like my biggest fear is my kids having to meet someone else. And like, I'm not, that's not happened yet. And I can't even think about it because it makes me want to die. But I guess I never really knew how I would feel with this situation. Though whatever, that is what it is. But now that there is, I'm just sort of like really happy and proud of myself to have come so far that it doesn't phase me it's really refreshing to know that like that girl said that she feels quite strange but she doesn't want him back I think you need to remind yourself of like why you don't want him back why he wasn't good for you and sort of like leave it there like I can't explain like I feel like you sent me a really funny meme (laughs) No, it wasn't a meme. It was I send you loads. I know it was. It was a reel that you sent me, and I think it was like, like girls laughing when it's like when when they think they've like hit the jackpot with your ex, oh, and they're like laughing. I don't like look. I'm not going to be mean, but I just feel like I'm really content in myself and know what I deserve and what I won't accept, and. I think any girl sometimes sits there and is like, oh, like, why couldn't he change for me? I want him to be good for me. But sometimes I think we need to be a bit realistic and think that, like, I don't think people change that much and just be grateful. Or a thing, it's not, it wasn't about marriage, but it was, I think it was on, like, Love Island, Australia. And it was like, she didn't steal my men, she stole my problem. Like, it's accurate, isn't it? I mean, yeah, I, I, my situation, slightly different. I feel like I've, had to be accepting of potentially another person around for quite a long time. So it's not like news to me, like how serious it is. Who even knows? I, I know like I've, I've had people who follow me, like tell me they've seen my ex on like dating apps and stuff. Like I don't care. Like genuinely, I don't care. I, I have no interest in his dating life. Like, don't get me wrong, at the start of everything, when everything was fresh. Yeah, when it's raw. It's that feeling of, like, particularly the way my relationship ended, it's that feeling like, again, it's like the lack of self-worth feeling. Like, why what, why her and not me? Like, yeah. I think everyone goes through yeah. that. And, like, what does she have? And that I fast realise it's it's not a her thing it's not a me thing it's a him thing like yeah. it's 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 not we're very different people yeah um like i think the hard thing like about having like my life previously posted on social media and obviously my ex was on social media is like i get updates when people like see him and stuff so like so i i get screenshots of of things and, and, but you know what's really funny is like a year ago, that probably would have really hurt me, but now I sort of like sit there and I'm like, lol. Like, yeah, I, I don't, I, I, I don't care. care. And I think for me, I just feel quite proud of myself for how far I've come because mm. I think I always dreaded how I would feel when that happened and thought it would really damage me. And it's just really refreshing 
to now ha- be in that situation and have no feeling yeah. towards it. And it shows how far I've come. So the person that's emailed in, so I understand what you mean about it feeling strange. It can still feel strange, especially... Negative things. Yeah. The things you don't like about that person, the things they were incapable of in a relationship, I think someone else is now dealing with those things or yeah or the, although almost got those so actually, well yeah or maybe like her standards are that low that, that her needs are being met i don't know i don't care do you know what that's so true but i didn't even think just, of that but like what i will say i feel similarly to tash like him being with someone else it doesn't i i genuinely don't care and Yes, to some degree, it's probably because I'm in a relationship that is so different now where I'm just, I am so happy. I look back now and just think, God, like, this is so much better than what I was experiencing. Like, the one thing that I feel like is a shadow over me is that anxiety of, like, um, being around my kids. Yeah, and I I really get that. And you know what? For me... I don't even have any more being able to look at it and be like, oh, I'm in a really happy relationship now. I don't care. I'm still more content being on my own. So I think you've just got to remind yourself. Yeah, I think you've just got to remind yourself that like, yes, it's so valid that it feels strange because it is a bit strange. But remind yourself, you said, but you're not jealous because you don't want him. Remind yourself of that. And I think that strange feeling will go very quickly. Help slash advice, please. A bit of a rant and advice needed. Keep me anonymous. Quick backstory. Married 13 years, two girls aged 10 and 11. I first went to the solicitors in May and we only told the kids in July. I filed divorce papers in August. He never thought I'd go through with it. So he hates me more than he loves our kids. We are not living together, but nesting. So still sharing house space. He's a narcissistic, emotionally and financially abusive gaslighting asshole. Great description leading to me spending the last seven years keeping evidence as he made me believe it was all my fault. So, he's got a new girlfriend already. I'm so angry but not surprised. I'm not jealous and don't want him back, but it still hurts. And I hate the fact it bothers me as I was the one who left him. He's already telling the kids he took her to the same hotel we used to go as a family, that he's kissed her and shared a bed and stayed at her house. Why the hell would you tell your kids a story? That's so weird. Me and this girl, <laughs> we kissed and shared a bed together. I took. I had to sleep over. <laughs> I took my girlfriend to a hotel we used to go to. Good thing to tell your kids, mate. It's just very strange behaviour. Why do I feel disrespected when I was the one who ended it? Why do I feel it's so quick? And why do I feel sick? He's moved on so quickly. It's like what we were just saying. It's. I think that's really normal feelings. It is quite raw and new. And maybe you just listening to this episode before we've even got to your email. I feel like we've already pretty much touched on it, weirdly, is you need to remind yourself, like, I mean, also, like, how strong are you? You walked away from him, okay? Doesn't mean that your feelings of it feeling weird and you being upset are not valid. They're very, very normal feelings. And a lot of the time when you're going through a breakup or a divorce or whatever, you are going to experience conflicting emotions. You just need to remind yourself why you left. He probably hasn't done any work. He's going to repeat all those behaviours onto her and you almost need to just sort of feel sorry for her Mm. and be grateful she is not you. Yeah, and I think the fact like... Yeah, it's been quick. He probably, like, 
like that feeling of control. And, yeah. You know, I wouldn't worry so much about the time, but I don't know. I also think if you've been in a relationship with someone where there has been that element of control for so long, almost being away from that can feel scary because that's all you know. Like you're used to a very present person in your life and for them almost like, it's quite sad really, but like, almost like needing that sense of someone having that hold over you and for that to have gone and his kind of attention be on someone else, whilst it sounds like a bit like messed up, it's not because it's that's that's what these people who control people do. Yeah. Um, Don't get me wrong, like I do understand it, but I feel like once you really take a step back and reflect on that person is just another person, like, let's be honest they're probably not gonna last i don't know i just think that like take put your energy in working on yourself and getting yourself in a good place to find a good partner if you want one rather than he's just gonna everything that he did to you he's gonna do to that person i hate more than anything that it hurts when he doesn't deserve any more of my emotions and he has been hurting me for years yet he gets to live his life i do think you need to like look at healing yourself and focusing less on him and what he whilst he's putting on this bravado and this like display of his like new and amazing life where he's going out like he's deep he sounds like he's deeply unhappy in himself he's obviously got some profound issues or he's telling his kids that's so weird it's just weird it's, it's, that's to get back to you by the way yeah. babe if you need a bit of a you know oh he still cares or you what you want to feel slightly good about yourself he's telling the kids so it goes back to you he's insecure sorry 100% insecure and like again that is an element of control he's trying to have over you by regurgitating that information to your children like that's him being like just so you know I'm still here this is so you know about it like his ego his ego has been damaged you left him he is going to grab someone else to be able to have his ego stroked this this is a him problem Mm. not a you I think, like we've said so many times before, write that list of 25 things you do not like about him. The benefits of not being with him. The benefits of not being with him. And realising, like, he's no... Like, say it so many times, but he... All those negative things are still there. Yeah, they're still there, but that's her problem now. Yeah. Whatever it is he's going to these lovely hotels with and like you deserve so much better so start believing in yourself start like seeing yourself for like firstly like how damn strong you are that you got up and you walked away because that that is so hard to do yeah when you have kids yeah and particularly when you've been under some kind of control with narcissistic behavior to actually have the fight in you to get up and leave is so admirable and that is such a big step but you need to stay strong and realise, like, stop worrying so much about what he's doing and start focusing on feeding into yourself and, like, making yourself feel good. Like, do things for yourself. Like, make yourself feel good. Like, yeah, she said, for your for your information, I would never in a million years get back with him, even if he was the last man. Yeah. Good. Remind yourself of that. Let her have him. Thank you, next. Oh, I feel like giving up and running away, but because of you girls and your podcast, I realise there is light and I must be stronger than I think. You've You're, you are strong. Yeah, yeah, you've already shown how strong you are. So absolutely, you can do this. Like, know your worth. And believe me, like, look, if you do want to meet someone at some point in your life, 
there are people who will actually treat you right. Okay, sorry, this is really weird and random and completely separate to anything we talk about, but I need to share this confession of the week, okay? I'm scared that my uncle is manipulating my grand to take meds to make her look mad and out of control. <laughs> That's pretty big and a problem. I don't know. I'd speak to someone, but I don't know who. I'm, I've, I'm not experienced enough to give advice. No. Okay, here's another confession. I think this is just quite funny because it's from someone that's married. My emotionally unavailable husband is driving me mad. Sometimes they just do. Men. Yeah, <laughs> literally. Okay. This week's affirmation. Mm. Doors are opening for me. Oh, I like that. Doors are opening for me. Say it, believe it. Doors are opening for me. Don't forget to follow, like, subscribe, share. We love it all. It helps us grow. It really, really does. Thank you for always listening. We really appreciate it. Obviously, the more listens we get, the more we're going to be able to do for you because we've got some big plans coming up. So, yeah, keep listening. We love you all and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.